The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to New Free Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is the podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. Y'all, we're getting into some deep, deep, deep dirt today. Oh my god. This, I feel like this episode is uh, not unexpected, but very much needed deep dive on the psychology of what is happening between Maddie and Taylor, but mostly from the fandom perspective and mostly from us realizing some things that we haven't acknowledged yet. Yeah, because I think that we've gone into the last two episodes of discussing Maddie and Taylor with the assumption of... Most of y'all who listen to our podcast know when we say, oh, Maddie Healy is a problematic man, what that means. Because we started the podcast off the back of One Direction and the 1975. I feel like it was a lot of like who we were as a as like name three songs to be kind of like a voice of criticism against Maddie Healy while also supporting him as a person because of like the level of parasocial relationship we have with him and his music, etc. And I think again, it's like while Jenna and I both are very deep on like critical thinking and criticizing our faves we can still have blind spots. We're not immune to that. And I think it was really important for us to come and look at this again from this perspective of, hey, maybe our listeners don't know what Maddie Healy is doing. And maybe because we do know, we've been a bit more lenient on him than we should have been. And this also all came up really by kind of seeing the TikTok discourse change from when we recorded our episode last Friday to the episode even dropping on Sunday. Yeah. And how things have changed in the discourse from Sunday over the past couple of days leading up to today's episode. And so like when we record our episodes, it's like we record usually on Friday or Saturday and then edit and then the episode comes out on Sunday. And you would think that not that much would change in the pop culture discourse. But oh boy, the pop culture oh boy, discourse moves, fa- <laughs> yeah, moves faster than we do. And so while we are so fucking over the Taylor and Maddie of it all and all of the drama that has ensued from this, we felt like it was really necessary to look at what exactly Maddie Healy has gotten himself into over the last six months and how it affects like why we were feeling so frustrated with Taylor because I guess at least me personally went into it with the mindset of everybody knows why we're mad at Taylor for connecting herself to Maddie because Maddie's so problematic but instead I think it maybe came across as Sarah is not a fan of Taylor Swift and therefore this is a problem it is funny how like both this discourse and like the episode is very much like the 1975 and Taylor fans pointing fingers at each other of your person's the worst and then us realizing oh yeah actually they're both 
bad <laughs> yeah and i think that that was the problem like the thing also is it's like i felt like the given was yeah maddie's kind of bad but like we don't know to what extent because he's also done good things but that does not negate the bad things that he's done whereas to me as an outsider who like the only thing that i feel towards taylor swift is respect to her music making abilities is that I was just like, Taylor's never done anything, and when she did it, felt performative. Whereas with Maddie, to me, following him for so long, I was like, it, it didn't really feel performative until kind of recently. So it's a, it's a deep dive on that, but also like not just our own personal things, kind of looking into like how TikTok's been reacting and their thoughts and kind of this like weird i think accidental like the 1975 fans and taylor swift fans coming to the center shaking hands and agreeing on something which i never thought was going to happen at least in our minds i don't know about the internet yeah i don't know i mean that's what it feels like there's at least a sector of like the critically thinking portions of those fan bases coming together and being like yeah our faves both really fucked up didn't they and so it's just been really interesting to watch but before we get into all of that, we'll have some I... nice little goofy fangirl serotonin moments because you know what? It's heavy conversation today. So let's it's kick it really off with heavy... some fangirl mess. I mean, guys, Harry Styles is back at it. <laughs> <laughs> Which also happens like the day we dropped our episode or like the day after or something. Yeah. So like yeah. we couldn't report on it last week. Yeah, exactly. And it literally, it's so funny. And I think I've said this before, but that man will disappear from the internet and he'll come up on my For You page for literally five seconds. And I am that meme of that animaniac with the heart eyes and the kicking feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, like i just i'm that that's me i like see him and i'm giggling and i'm smiling and i'm like why are my why am i kicking my feet right now oh my god <laughs> like having like a full-blown <laughs> meltdown over harry styles and it's but just so specifically funny. specifically because he added stockholm syndrome to the european oh, sellers oh my god like that that is a god tier one direction song god tier yes it's true it's true and i just like oh my god i think it's number two after change your ticket yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like literally oh my god it, and and oh uh, and he he like was doing things that they used to do like when they were in one direction because yeah. there's like an echoey part that he yeah. used to like yeah. be silly about oh yeah oh <laughs> Sarah's unwell. <laughs> I'm so unwell. But this is what's so crazy is the next night leading into That's What Makes You Beautiful, he started singing Best Song Ever. And they have like the trumpets playing it. And then he's like trying to see what's going on. And then he go like see if the fans notice. He sings like the first line yeah. of Best Song Ever. And then like frolics off like it never happened. And it's then exciting. they go to, Yeah, and then they go into That's What Makes You Beautiful. But the thing that is so funny is after we've realized that that ha that like oh this he's doing this, people were looking back at the first night of this leg of Love on Tour, and before this what makes you, makes you beautiful the trumpets are playing best oh song God. ever, but the mic wasn't on yet. Oh. So Harry went to go sing and he looks at it and he's like that's not working and then just goes off and then they come back and start <laughs> the song. So it was supposed to be from the first oh night God. that he was like playing this prank on everyone. Oh my God. And then it uh, didn't That's happen funny. the first That's night. Funny. And I'm like, Harold, what are you doing? Because then we have Liam 
at some event where they like ask him about like oh one direction reunion and he's like oh there's a new group chat which like i feel like liam's always saying yeah he's just pulling so- but then i was like okay but with how many members are in the group chat didn't you say four of us or did you say no, he, just said he all didn't say he just said there's a new group chat okay my brain was just and- like okay how many members in the group chat liam how many members yeah. <laughs> is it just you well, and Niall? I think you're thinking about numbers because there was the blind item about like, oh, yes, three yeah, members yeah, yeah. of this foreign born boy band are in yeah. the studio. And it's like, that could literally be any, any boy band, yeah. including K-pop. Yeah. Like, who knows what that could mean? But yeah, Harry Styles is just coming in to be like, oh, you need a respite from all of the Taylor and Maddie drama. I'm going to be every third TikTok on your For You page oh after the Vanderpump Rules I did? drama. <laughs> I did a, I did see a TikTok that was pretty funny. That's like when you spent too much time at mom's and then you you forgot to check in at dad's. And it's like the the, the mom's video is like Taylor Swift. And then it cuts to Harry and he's like on stage and he's like holding a mask and he's yeah. like doing some skit. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, oh my God. It's just like going from, oh, like I know beat for beat what's going to happen at the Taylor concert to like Harry and his chaos with his... BFF Thomas oh or whoever God. that girl's dad is. Oh my God. Yeah, the shirt, the like yeah. best friend shirt. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he was like, uh, I was going to make this. Yeah, no, that was funny. Oh my God. Oh, Harold, that man always bringing joy when no one else will. True. You're like, you know what? Today, in today's context, Harry's actually uh, not so bad. <laughs> Harry's not so bad. We can forget about the things that we that we want to criticize him for because uh... it's like my bare minimum king. At least yeah. his bare minimuming. <laughs> So now that we've gotten all of our uh, joyous jitters out of the way, we have to get down to serious business because there's been so much happening on the internet. And I really never want to have to say the name Maddie Healy in conjunction with Taylor Swift ever Ever again again after today. Like, I just I don't want to. And you guys know that we will if there's like actually any more updates. But I'm putting my foot down now and this is the last of it for now. I know. I feel like this is like when we were talking about Justin Bieber, Haley Bieber, and Selena yeah. Gomez for like months on end because it I was know. just unending. And to be fair, like we weren't necessarily going to talk about it this week, but some things did come up that we feel like is very important to address in a different way that we haven't talked about it before. Yeah. So basically, literally the day after we put out the episode last week was having a bit of a personal meltdown. Basically, I've been having a very rough time on the internet these past two weeks because of all of the Maddie and Taylor stuff and the discourse and the nuance and all of this stuff. And I realized on Monday that we've been going into these conversations with the assumption of which that you guys also understand Maddie Healy in the way that Jenna and I understand Maddie Healy. And I know that that statement sounds unhinged and stupid because again, it's a parasocial fangirl relationship with a man. Like we're aware of this, but we have talked, talked about both Maddie and Taylor in in depth, deep dive episodes, like at the start of the podcast. And I guess we went into the conversation with the assumption of when we say Maddie Healy is problematic, we assume that our listeners know what we mean and that we don't need to cover it because the more quote unquote interesting introspective thing to discuss is why Taylor aligning herself with him is a bad look and controversial 
etc because again we already have the assumption that you guys understand why maddie is problematic which is an unfair assumption because again it's like coming there's a lot to keep up with a lot has happened there's a lot to keep up with i think that there's also this thing where like maddie's past problematic behavior is way different than like the more current problematic things that maddie has done because basically like there's like been a list of things and like the list of things that maddie has done over time is long and i think we run into this issue of as white people in america in like this white privileged patriarchal society there's like this litmus test of like what white people are essentially taught to like be accepting of when it comes to people like towing the line of being like genuinely problematic when it comes to like any form of like xenophobia and a lot of us have just become numb to this kind of behavior where people will like make quote-unquote satirical comments that at the end of the day is really just them trying to figure out how racist homophobic like misogynistic anti-semitic they can be around the group of people that they are around and maddie healy has essentially been doing a 10 year long litmus test on fans of the 1975 to see what he can and cannot get away with and even when there are things that he can't get away with he still doesn't acknowledge them and even when he does he does it in a like a satirical way like when he went and like apologized to Ice Spice out of the nineteen seventy five concert that Ice Spice was definitely not at. He's like, I don't apologize that my comment got mis. Or he's like, I don't apologize that my joke was misconstrued. Yeah, he's like, like it was a I'm very so- half assed apology. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry that that happened to you. Not like I'm sorry that I did that to you, kind yeah. of thing. Or it's like I'm sorry if you feel that way, but which I think is Maddie Healy's like kind of go-to is like if he does apologize, it's always I'm so sorry you feel that way and it's like no, you should be saying I'm so sorry I made you feel that yeah. way. And so if if you go back in time to our the 1975 episode that we lovingly subtitled Maddie Healy and his God Complex. We discussed how he spoke out at a festival in America about anti-abortion stuff that was going on. And then also we discussed how when he was in Dubai, he kissed a male fan, which is like illegal to do there and how he has this sort of privilege as like not being a citizen there and getting to just leave that like there's not the concern of like doing something that puts other people in danger and he doesn't ever seem to think about the other people he just thinks about like how cool i look doing this like edgelord thing that i'm about to do seems to be his constant thought process when it comes to any of his behavior and so in us just constantly being like maddie healy is problematic and this is why taylor being with him makes her like complicit is again us expecting you guys to know what we mean when we say that maddie healy is problematic and that is that's unfair and we shouldn't make that assumption and like we didn't do our due diligence because we made an assumption in that regard of like acknowledging the maddie's behavior even though like i personally have been hurt by maddie's behavior i still was like not saying it on the podcast because i was just like i don't want to talk about it anymore because somebody that i like and have a certain level of respect for did something to hurt me and I don't want to talk about it. And so in doing that, it's almost as bad as like Taylor being seen publicly with this person and like not displacing dating rumors and like not 
acknowledging his problems because like i just made the assumption that people knew i think also in what we're calling out about maddie here and we're gonna get into more of the specifics of like the things that he's done recently but in looking back at his past behavior he has done a lot of activist things that were good and were beneficial and did help people and write songs about how America is fascist and write songs about loving whoever you should love, et cetera. Um, And so when we're talking about Maddie as somebody who like sees how far he can push the line, it's like, but he does all these great things. So it's like, it's fine if he like made that joke that was like bad, but tolerable. And now it's just gotten to the point where he's like making jokes that, aren't jokes and are straight up racist and are straight up anti-semitic yeah and i think again that the, that's that thing that i said before is it's like there's this litmus test that again just from my experience white people in england and white people in america have of like seeing how far they can push it without their friends being like are you maybe conservative? And like, I made this TikTok the other day that in part of it, I said that it feels very much like the Venn diagram of men who go on podcasts and say dumb shit and dumb shit, meaning like racist, xenophobic, etc. kind of shit. And are like, oh, it was just satire, pass it off as satire. And then men who go on podcasts and say horribly misogynistic things or homophobic things in like a more oh it was just locker room talk conversation that's just a circle yeah like the like the liberals who are or leftists or whoever are being like oh it's satire are saying it's satire so they feel better about themselves than admitting that like oh this is just what boys say to boys yeah. because that's really what they're saying when they're like i was just doing satire with my bros it's like no that's not okay whatever it's really not and i think that it's really frustrating and like diminishes the art of satire when people just brush off their like xenophobia as satire and just being like oh i was being satirical that's just just the liberal version of moderate men just straight up doing stand-up comedy but it being racist (laughs) and xenophobic like like, yeah literally it's liberal men being like no but it's satire like it's a it's the same exact thing and here's the thing with maddie and like this last tour that they did part of his literal like stage performance was like contemplating like what is a liberal man what is a good liberal man what is a good leftist man and that's the same question we have like what is a good example of this there's not many and so to see someone like maddie with a platform as big as he has who has done good things in the past it's like ah yes a good man and now it's just to the point where it's like he continues to fuck up so much that we can't look past this here's a good man anymore yeah because i think that the issue is is it's like there are unfortunately so few white men in music specifically that have the same size fan base as maddie has that are doing anything for good that like it's so easy for them to just not say anything at all yeah so the fact that like he does say things i think has given him a pass for a very long time because it's not new that maddie was like on his instagram story posting memes quote-unquote memes about racist shit or homophobic shit or anti-semitic shit and people just being like oh that's like a jokey joke because like so when jenna and i were traveling abroad together for two weeks it's like obviously jenna and i talk all the time but 
especially in Germany, I made a lot of jokes at my expense of being a Jewish person in Germany. And I feel like there was this thing where I kept having to explain to Jenna why this is like dark humor coping mechanism sort of thing. And how this is like very normal amongst like myself and my Jewish friends of like things that we do and say, but it never like came up like how it's different when a non-Jew is posting those same jokes as memes on their Instagram story, which is like something Maddie has done like while he had his Truman Black Instagram. And so I think that this is that thing where, again, it's like there is this weird thing when it comes to Jewish people as a minority is like we are aware we're a minority group, but it's so easy to just allow ourselves to be like, but we're white. It doesn't matter. And therefore, like more of us are accepting of tiny acts of anti-Semitism than like there would be like black people or Latin people or like gay people being okay with tiny acts of like racism or homophobia, etc. Because we've been taught to just like take it on a chin and be used to it because we are perceived as white. But then when you like look at these neo-Nazi groups, they're like, no, Jews will not oppress us. The Jews are who we're going for first. And I would think more leftists would be concerned about that because all they have to go off of these neo-Nazis is like curly hair and a big nose. And like, I only have one of those two things. And like, there are countless people who look similar to me that like these people, if they're like, oh, like here's a checklist of what Jews look like and we're just going to kill them based off of that. Like that should be something more people are concerned about rather than like making jokey jokes about Jewish people or like Jews being so accepting of tiny acts of anti-Semitism. And this is where the Maddie Healy thing starts is that in the last six months, Maddie Healy, I think has fucked up more than he has in the last nine years of people being okay with Maddie Healy making a tiny step over the line. And I do think that this is really interesting because I think a lot of us, the 1975 fans viewed this tour that he was just on as his, like I'm making a men's tour because of how it started And then it kind of devolves because it started as performance art. And like Jenna said, this kind of like look at like, what is it like to be a white liberal man? And what does this mean to the fans realizing that it's performance art, Maddie breaking that fourth wall and then it being completely impossible to tell when the performance art stopped and it was just Maddie being Maddie on stage because he started like acknowledging the shticks that were happening on stage. And that's where things get dangerous in a lot of ways. And so in January, when they were performing the song, love it, if we made it, which is like a song that basically like, acknowledges all the fucked up shit happening in america all the fascism all the drug problems etc there's a part where he sings unrequited house with seven pools thank you kanye very cool and in that section and he's done this for years he'll do like a military stomp that looks very similar to like the nazi like duck walk thing that they used to do and like have his hand up in a salute while doing it and at this one specific performance in january the salute wound up turning into a Nazi salute. And in other videos that I've seen him do this, that he goes straight from the salute to like a black power sign or does not just like ends it, like doesn't do anything where like the salute could possibly go above like forehead level. But in this moment, he fully does like 
open hand Nazi salute. And I made a video about it, like very frustrated of like, why is this okay? And why is nobody talking about it? Because it took like a day for any news sites to even report on it, which I was like, that's not fast enough. And from the jump, I was getting comments telling me like, you don't understand British humor. You don't understand what satire is. Like, you don't get it. Or then other people being like, he did it with the wrong hand or like context is important. Have you listened to the lyrics of this song? And like, because I did the video, like in my feelings, I didn't give my credentials of being of a 1975 fan and having the context, which I didn't think was necessary because I'm like, I'm Jewish and I'm offended. I felt should have been enough was people were like, it's the wrong hand because apparently it really matters but my my argument is is that people who don't have the context of the song seeing him doing that or don't have the context of maddie healy will just see a man in a place of power with a large fan base doing what seemingly looks like a nazi salute and his fans not caring also on the backs of kanye's anti-semitism rant that like literally took people i I don't remember if it was california or where people were like on a free, like a bridge over the freeway hanging signs of like anti-semitism messages like this yeah. was on the back of like kanye's anti-semitism rant yeah and like people being like oh if kanye's anti-semitic then like let me be louder about my anti-semitism and like we talk about this with like donald trump becoming president of it's like when hateful people come into places of power and use their voices to talk about the things that they hate it emboldens people and so when you see somebody that like a bunch of like leftist liberals respect doing something and then like the people who believe in that thing that it it seems like he did being like oh like their icons doing this okay perfect maybe we have some of us hidden in with them and so it's like the context doesn't matter when the context makes the intent of what he did make sense and that's why i personally was getting so frustrated people being like oh like in context what he's doing is satire. But and not like, everyone's no, going to know the context and they're going to see But it. also yeah. in context, there's the intent of doing a Nazi salute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, the whole point of satire is there needs to be like more behind it for people to understand it. Like Jojo Rabbit, which is a satirical film by Taika Waititi, who is a Jewish man, where he literally plays Hitler and <laughs> him playing Hitler is like him in like a Nazi youth's mindset of like hitler is his imaginary friend explaining to him like why what's like it's it's so ridiculous and it's so and because it's so ridiculous it is obviously satire just like in like the musical the producers when they have the song springtime for hitler and germany like satire because of contextual information and actually it being funny and a joke like (laughs) it's not satire when maddie healy is like thanks kanye very cool of like you being anti-semitic to then do a nazi salute because the intent is whether or not it was the right hand or whatever the intent was to do a nazi salute and so literally every single day since i've made that tiktok at the end of january i've signed on to tiktok and somebody is telling me that i'm stupid or that they know a jewish person who doesn't care about this or whatever the case is and it's so ridiculous because could you imagine any other minority group being like this is bad and like people in the comments being like yeah but my neighbor who is also part of this minority group doesn't care and therefore you shouldn't care that would never happen and it's always jewish people who like need to just like take it on the chin and accept it and that's how we like 
that's how we got nazi germany because we were just like oh it's fine you're just dirty jews it's okay no biggie and so this is like a first red flag and again kind of like seeing how it okay the 1975 fans were with maddie doing this again to me felt like oh he's been litmus testing them with these anti-semitic memes that he's been posting on his story to see what he can get away with yeah and also then you posting this and maybe probably feeling a little gaslit from everyone who's telling you not to be upset about it yeah exactly and so like when people are like trying to convince you to not be upset about it then there are going to be other jews who might be like from a place where it's like more normal to be jewish like whatever the case might be it's like i grew up with my mom telling me about the fact that like she used to have like the kkk burning crosses on their front yard because they were jewish that she used to have friends being like oh I heard Jews have horns and like searching for them and having friends tell her that like she can't come to their house because they're Jewish. Meanwhile, I grew up in New York where it's very normal to be Jewish. And I think a lot of my friends wouldn't even know about any of this stuff if my mom wasn't telling us about the horror stories about growing up somewhere where there weren't like a significant population of Jews. And so again, it's just like what what you're taught and what you're told and like what you're used to or whatever the case is and so it it was just interesting like having this happen and then like a month later he goes on adam freilander's podcast who is a jewish man and it's supposed to be a satire podcast and everybody gets all frustrated with maddie and the two hosts of this podcast they were guessing about ice spices ethnicity and in doing that they mocked a bunch of accents including like inuit and chinese and alaskan or something like this and they also were just like being incredibly misogynistic towards her they also were talking about what it would have been like if a japanese person had to work at like a jewish concentration camp when japanese people had the internment camps in america and so they were mocking japanese accents and like to be completely fair and can put all the cards on the table i didn't listen to this podcast because i don't I try and not engage with Maddie Healy outside of his music because I know he's going to disappoint me. Well, also that podcast (laughs) clearly being a piece of hot garbage of what we just said of what's the difference between that and a person who claims to be moderate but is straight up doing stand-up comedy at the expense of minorities. It's the same thing. Why would we want to subject ourselves to that? Yeah, exactly. And But also, it's just like at the time, there were so many other more important things going on in pop culture in regards to our podcast and people's interests. Like, we didn't need to subject ourselves to it because it's not relevant because Maddie Healy is only relevant right now to this extent because he is connected to Taylor Swift. Like, let's be real. There'd be no reason for us to even be talking about him and nobody would even, like, care what he was saying And this is what I'm saying again before of it's like nobody cared because it was all the 1975 fans who were going into these situations expecting Maddie to be racist or homophobic or misogynistic, but like to the degree that Maddie Healy is. So it's like, okay, apparently people on the internet were definitely upset about that. And there was definitely discourse that was happening on TikTok to the point where I think we just mentioned this earlier. He like, they were in Australia, I'm pretty sure. And he like half-ass apologized about the ice spice thing. But then there were other comments that were made on this podcast that we were not made aware of until like very, very recently. So basically in this podcast episode, as well as the stuff that we just talked about, 
There was also a conversation about like what kind of porn Maddie Healy was into and what he watched. And I have absolutely no memory of anybody really talking about this on TikTok when it first happened. And that doesn't excuse the fact that I didn't know. Like that's my own bad that I didn't go back and like pay attention to this podcast. But literally on Sunday, like after the episode's out, I'm scrolling on TikTok and everybody's talking about how Maddie Healy is incredibly racist and I was like what did I what happened in like the last 24 hours and then I went and googled it and they're like oh a resurfaced clip so again like I don't know if this was like in the main episode or if it was like clipped out and posted later because again I just didn't care to listen to this garbage podcast but Maddie Healy admitted that he likes to watch porn or like said this and again because this is like a satire podcast who even knows if he actually does this because he's gonna claim it was satire anyway because it's a satire podcast and they're joking about these things because that's what these people do and they're like it's satire it's locker room talk it's the same fucking thing but he said that he liked to watch porn videos of POC women being submissive to white men and like and and the porn is called ghetto gaggers is like what you would search for on Pornhub to find this and so people are saying that like he's fetishizing black women and fetishizing women of color and that's completely warranted based off of saying that you like to watch this kind of porn because it's like brutalism porn essentially yeah it's disgusting Uh, it's it's completely disgusting and like not something you should ever share with anyone even if you do watch that like don't tell somebody that it's fucking weird but so basically it's like all of these articles about this came out in the last four or five days of people like discussing this clip again and so again i'm going to completely own like our bad i just didn't pay enough attention because again it's just that thing where like I don't want to hear Maddie Healy saying dumb shit because it's going to offend me and make me upset. And that's like my own separating an artist from the art separate, like whatever excuses I want to make for like why I still listen to Maddie Healy's music. It's my own problem. I agree and second everything Sarah has said too, because I also didn't look further into this podcast, but I think this is one of those things where it's like, he's always done this. He's always pushed the line and it's always been fine. And now it's like, definitely not fine on multiple levels like on multiple minority groups and then he deleted his instagram and it was like it's the end of that era and now there's like absolutely zero accountability for him yeah on top of i think he would have gotten away with all of this if he hadn't had this connection to taylor swift because of course swifties are going to do the digging and pull all of this up because maddie's never been famous on the level taylor swift has been famous yeah. even though their circles have overlapped in 2013 as i've talked about extensively with the nick grimshaw connection maddie's still never been a-list famous to the level that taylor is and so i think it's very interesting it's very interesting how this is playing out because he's going to be accountable to a whole other level and it's also bringing taylor down a few pegs And I think like the interesting thing is, like you said, it's like because it's expected for Maddie to be problematic to some level, like any time he says something that is like a little bit too far. Like I said, like, I don't remember anybody talking about this part of the podcast episode. And I think it's because they just chose to ignore it because they're like, there are other things that felt smaller to them, I guess, for some reason that we're going to 
discuss and act as if we care about maddie healy doing something because this is what always happens it's like maddie healy does something that feels a little bit too close to being bad fans will be like we'll call him out they'll be mad at him because i think that that feels very much like what the fan relationship with maddie is is that we're supposed to call him out because like oh you went a little bit too far there buddy and then that's supposed to reel him back in he's supposed to make a little joke it's he like joke about it on, on his yeah, yeah, but he usually will make a jokey joke about it on his Instagram story. Yeah. But there's no longer the Instagram story for him to make a little jokey joke about it. And then we move on. But now with this Taylor thing, we have a whole new slew of people who don't have the same understanding of who Maddie is seeing these things. And that's also going to change the mindset of people like us who do have an idea of who Maddie is. Because we're like, oh shit, these other people who don't know him are acknowledging this i should probably think about this from this other mindset too i think, and I think a lot of us are doing that online right now it's making us this relationship is making us reevaluate both taylor and maddie's actions Behave, yeah yeah and behaviors yeah and i like honestly like i'm i'm pretty like i'm thankful for this in a lot of ways because i think that like a lot of us as fans of the 1975 became like complicit with Maddie's actions because we were just so used to him acting this way. And so it's just like, oh, okay, like we're just used to it. And it, I think it's the same thing where I was saying last week of it's like with Taylor dating Maddie, she's basically being like, yeah, I'm okay with everything he's ever said. Because like, it's not as if he's a completely random man she found on the street and like doesn't have access to his history. Like Taylor Swift can find out so much stuff about Maddie Healy before choosing to get involved with him. And either she didn't or she did and was like, this is fine. I'm okay with this. And it's really interesting because I, we saw these two really, really interesting TikToks this past week. One of which was this woman breaking down the social contract that artists take out with their fans by like telling them this is what you can expect from being a fan of me or from like agreeing to go to one of my concerts or whatever because of like behaviors I've exhibited in the past. And when it comes to Maddie Healy, the social contract that he has with his fans is that you show up to the 1975 show and he's probably going to say something that's going to offend one or two people in the friend group that you've shown up with. Like it's going to happen. He's going to say something offensive and you're just like, okay, because he's done all this other stuff, I'm some for some reason okay with this. And that is a social contract of being a fan of Maddie Healy, is that you get a certain percentage of him being like this person who's like fighting for you and supporting you and putting out this incredible music and all this stuff. But then there's this other percent of him that's like, I'm going to see how far I can take this, me being like outspoken about all of my thoughts things. But then when it comes to Taylor, is that in 2019, Taylor Swift with like her lover era and with all of the things that she's talking about, about like the LGBTQ community and also with Miss Americana coming out and how she was like, I didn't take a stand. I need to take a stand now. Like, this is important. I need to like be more politically active. She's essentially building her fans up to believe that like Taylor Swift going forward is going to be outspoken and like making a statement about these things that matter to and her. And also, and also another specific example is the 
very the the portion of the documentary which she spent explaining how she supports the lgbtq community specifically and the entire music video for you need to calm down making a very clear while maybe a little target branded statement (laughs) making a very clear statement in support of the lgbtq community and one of the other videos that i saw on tiktok was a creator like specifically calling out these things as sarah mentioned like the miss americana video this like you need to calm down music video and her speech slash award performance at the 2020 vmas all taylor doing things to align herself as an activist and as a supporter of the lgbtq community and other minorities yes and since then since then it's been number one it's been crickets number two we're seeing more anti-trans anti-drag anti-lgbtq laws being proposed bills being proposed and passed in america and specifically in the state of tennessee where she is from and she's crickets she's crickets so getting back to what sarah's talking about the social contract is that she's building up this narrative that i care about the lgbtq community and i'm going to be an outspoken advocate for you all this is a social yeah. contract that these 2020 era Swifties are coming to understand. And now when it's time to put your money where your mouth is, nothing is happening. It's silence. Yeah. And also, though, the thing that I did find really interesting in the video that Jenna was referring to is that the creator also said in this is that it's really interesting when Taylor Swift is like so anti-controversy. And so the creator said that Taylor is fine with trashing her reputation and being involved in controversy for Maddie Healy, but she won't risk the same to speak out for the LGBTQ community. And so after she has done all this stuff during the lover era of being like, I'm going to be an activist for y'all to the extent where almost every person who is an opener for this era's tour is from a minority group whether that be lgbtq plus or a person of color like every single person who is opening is part of like these minority groups or is like an artist who is like part of that scene in regards to like phoebe bridgers and so it's like she was building the heiress tour up to be a safe space and yet since she's connected herself to maddie Maddie is not viewed as a safe space for a lot of those fans who like had signed that social contract that we're speaking of with Taylor. And so they're showing up and Maddie's not only there, but he's also performing with Phoebe. And so it's like now this person who they don't deem as safe is in this place that Taylor sold to them as a safe space because of the short amount of time where she was being outspoken. And I've seen a lot of Swifties online making this excuse of like, oh, well, COVID this and like during COVID things were different, blah, blah, blah. But it's like it was as if she was viewing her LGBTQ plus like activism that she was saying she was going to do as part of the lover era and left it there with it. And so that's why this is like becoming this bigger problem where we're like now viewing Maddie and Taylor in like two very different ways because like Taylor's fans have a very hard time critiquing her. And we've always run into this issue, even like when we did our podcast episodes about her, like a couple years ago, it's like fans have a really hard time acknowledging like when she's not doing things correctly because her music means so much and because there's so much lore around her that fans have created and like that persona and like parasocial relationship has so many layers to it and i think 
I mean, I mean, if you want to compare two fandoms, it's like the willingness to overlook things, and the yeah. in the case of Maddie, willingness to overlook when he's pushing the line, and when Taylor, the willingness to overlook when she said she was going to do something and she didn't. Yeah, and like just the and the acceptance of both those things, and so I just think that it's really interesting that now fans who have like historically been unwilling to acknowledge the shortcomings of both of these people, now that they are connected, are. Yeah acknowledging the shortcomings yeah and they're acknowledging the shortcomings to like this crazy level to the point where they're gonna bring each other down because like, of it yeah it's like the fandom i was gonna say to, to make a light joke it's like the spider-man mean of like the spider-man pointing at each other yeah and then it's like it's basically like 1975 fans versus Swifties being like, you're your taylor's bad no maddie's bad and it's like in each fandom calling out the other person's idol yeah we might see both of their downfalls on top of that it's like from each fandom trying to bring down the other one we are now seeing fans that have the same mindset as us which is like we want to critique these people being like oh shit i've had a blind spot to these certain things because no matter how much we want to be like yeah we critique the people we love and like all of this stuff it's like it's a lot easier to like critique somebody like harry styles than it is to critique somebody like maddie healy because I, because it has always felt like maddie healy is is actually doing work but now looking at it from this other perspective that these other people have brought in as outsiders i'm like no i did have a blind spot for some of maddie's behavior and that's yeah. not okay and that's yeah. not acceptable and it's something that like we all i think need to think about just in regards to anybody that we're fans of of like acknowledging the fact that like you can have a blind spot to somebody and no matter how much you're going to be like yeah i've called them out i've acknowledged these things it's like okay there needs to be more than that and i think i've just kind of reached this point personally where i'm like this isn't good for anybody and this is just like so unhealthy like what's going on right now where it's like i was talking to another one of my creator friends about maddie and it's very interesting the fact that like this also this tour was like his i'm a recovering addict tour and therefore i've had a lot of epiphanies and yet he is like essentially trying to get like it feels like he's he's chasing the high that he lost by seeing like how far he can push the line because he's never pushed the line this far ever before and so it kind of just feels like he's trying like and he's done this before also in the past where like they like made a whole album that he's like, I don't care if my fans like this. I'm doing this for me because he's like trying to see like what he can do to like push his fans away. And like when he's not getting the response that he wants, which is like some sort of upheaval, he's like, got to push it farther, got to try harder to like get people annoyed with me. And so it just it feels like he's trying to like get off through something else which i know sounds like maybe kind of mean also this sounds like so sorry guys side side quest for a minute here i just like imagine like i wish we like maybe had psychology degrees (laughs) because it's like what maddie i mean in, in the way that you just said it what maddie is doing to the fandom as far as like how far can i push it it's like why number one why like why does he need to push things 
Like, what is this desire within him that, like, his entire career, he's had this need to push things as far as he possibly can and see what people's reactions are? And also, does it tie back to his familial upbringing? (laughs) That's the psychology aspect of it that I'm not qualified to debate on, but would be very funny if somebody did. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, like, layers to all of it, but I just think that it is interesting because I feel like, for some reason... And I think it's like Jenna's been saying in the last two episodes of the fact that like Taylor and Maddie are like such a big part of like older Gen Z and younger millennial pop culture. Like they've been part of our lives for so long. And like, so there's like this, everybody's eyes are on them. And so I think that that also has a big part of why there's so much discourse and conversation around it. But also at the same time, there are, the critical thinking fans coming out of the woodwork to it's just it's just been really 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 interesting for me to watch people on tiktok who who i watch who are like do critical thinking about a lot of things but then it'll be like a super stan of like one musician and have no critical have like a hard time creating critical thoughts around them now because taylor and maddie are connected looking into maddie looking at like what that mirrors onto taylor and now being critical of both. And it's really, really interesting that I've essentially been like begging in my own brain, like smart Swifty creators on the internet to like look at Taylor critically and they just have refused to. And now that she's connected to Maddie, all of a sudden they're able to look at her critically. And I just yeah. think it's really, really it's interesting. Like, it's kind of like, because as I mentioned earlier, across the US, but in the state of Tennessee specifically, they are attempting to ban drag queens, ban any form of drag, as well as gender affirming care, both which bills that the governor did sign into law, but the federal courts have challenged them. But it's like specifically in the state of Tennessee, it's like in Taylor not speaking up. This could be like one of the things that Swifties would be mad about, but would be overlooked if it weren't yeah. for Maddie. If it weren't yeah. for Maddie, because because that one creator, as you said earlier, was like Taylor's so con- like controversy risk averse. Yeah. Taylor doesn't want to be connected to controversy, but then she's connecting herself to controversy through Maddie Healy. Yeah. And so it's like on, on that side, on the Swifty side, that's probably something that Swifties would be mad about. Yeah. And then everyone would get over it and we'd move on. Yeah. And like, I've seen a lot of like excuses for Taylor, like not speaking out about like how like her whole show is like this whole big performance and it wouldn't make sense. But it's like she has her spiels that she says before certain songs. And I think that it would be so easy to like flip the script a little bit to make a statement when like she's tried to act like she cares about that sort of activism and so i think that it's just like it's very it's very weird and very frustrating especially when her counterparts are doing so much like in the pop and the country sphere of things when like she does have counterparts who are speaking out who are not only speaking out but like defying these laws and so it's hard to stomach and i think like jenna said i think that there would have been like a little bit of a like a pitter-patter of like conversation if there wasn't maddie attached but i think it's harder to overlook your favorite person not doing something that would be like be beneficial or like helpful to you when 
they're only acting on their own accord. But now that she's connected herself with somebody who is so outspoken and outspoken in a problematic way, it's even harder to be like, okay, why are you essentially co-signing Maddie's behavior by being seen with him yeah. and potentially dating him, yeah. but like not even taking a leaf from his book and like being outspoken. I mean, you just mentioned like people who have, you mentioned like, taylor's peers who are doing something and like lizzo at her show in knoxville brought out several drag queens and made a statement she said that she was warned against bringing out drag queens to her show and lizzo said why would i not come to the people who need to hear this message the most the people who need to feel this release the most why would i not create a safe space in tennessee where we can celebrate drag entertainers and celebrate our differences and create fat black women and celebrate fat black women and this is a thing of the white privilege coming into play with taylor swift is lizzo doesn't have the luxury of ignoring these things lizzo is a fat black woman lizzo doesn't have the luxury of remaining silent during these criticisms because lizzo's whole entire being is against everything that like conservative white people want to control whereas taylor swift very easily fits into the box of i can stay silent and get away with my life and i think like it's really interesting too because Haley kyoko at the start of may like so Haley kyoko is on tour right now and part of her tour is bringing drag performers on stage with her every night of tour and she almost didn't do it in nashville and i think that this is interesting as well because Haley and taylor are friends and, and like, isn't Haley opening for part of the era's tour? Yeah. And so I think that this is really interesting because at this Nashville show, Haley shared on Instagram that during soundcheck, undercover cops showed up and were like, oh, your concert's all ages, so you're banned from having drag performers at it. And so then Haley spoke to these performers who were on tour with her and they were like, no, we still want to do that. And so basically what Haley wrote on her Instagram was, I never want to put anyone in a position to be at risk or in danger in any way, but also where is the line of being silenced? How do we navigate these absurd threats and laws against our community? I find pride in making sure my concerts are safe places for all. How can I do that if we aren't allowed to be ourselves, especially at a predominantly queer concert? We deserve to have a safe space to be ourselves while we navigate the evil that is threatening our own existence. And so she wanted to say that, like, the drag queens showed up and that they showed no fear and said they wanted to continue with the show and come out on stage, which they did. And so it's like, this is somebody who is not only friends with Taylor, but is going to be opening for Taylor. And she's making this big statement. And I I guess it's the other thing, too, where it's like, it's hard for me to understand how people can be close with somebody who's like not supporting them actively because and this was i think also part of the meltdown i was having about this whole maddie healy thing and i think a lot of like when i had this aha moment again this was like after we put out last week's episode and when people were discussing his porn choices was like if one of my friends came to my apartment and was like i just found out that my boyfriend watches abusing black women porn all the time i'd be like hold on what sit the fuck tight. you need to break up with him let me make a powerpoint yeah. proving to you why you should not be with this man even though he like has never done anything else problematic apparently it's like if you wouldn't stand for your friends being around those type of people you shouldn't stand for your favorite celebrities being around those people and you also shouldn't stand for yourself supporting that type yeah. of person if in your day-to-day life you wouldn't make not even excuses but like you wouldn't be willing to ignore 
certain aspects just because of like other things that they do yeah i think this has been like both a big realization for us and for as we've mentioned fans on both sides yeah. kind of grappling with the situation but i do think it's interesting in the sense of like Haley kyoko who we know is friends with taylor who is opening on the era's tour and i also just like the other half of my brain is going to like we don't know these people personally i think like this is the thing is it's like there are a lot of people who keep coming back with the like we don't know them personally thing but like you can only hide who your true self is through your persona as a public figure so much no i agree and i think my point it's more so in our relationships with people in our lives we tend to have a little bit more grace and empathy yeah. and humanizing each other. Um, and these people, these celebrities are so big and famous that I think it's sometimes hard to, to to have humanity for them or empathize with them. And this is not to apologize for any of the conversation we literally just had. But I think it's more so the thing of like, not everything is black and white. And yeah. I think this goes to point to our journey of like, we're constantly trying to be better people and sometimes we're gonna fuck up. And I'm trying to separate that from like the conversation we've just had because it's it's a different case for these celebrities being on such big platforms. But I think like, just thinking from Haley's perspective as like being friends with someone like Taylor, like, yeah, she might fully be disappointed Taylor. Maybe they've had personal conversations about that. We just don't know. Yeah. Maybe she like doesn't think Taylor's such a bad person. Maybe she's like not as involved with Taylor being an advocate as like a brand because she knows Taylor's good personally. That's that's all that I mean as like we don't know these people. And I think like in our personal relationships, if your friend fucks up and they're your friends, you're going to be like, hey, like that was really fucking weird. Like maybe don't do that again. Like maybe think yeah. about why you did that. Whereas like us having a relationship with them as fans, we don't have that personal connection. Like we literally have to make so much uproar on the Internet. And then the artist chooses whether or not they even want to address it. Yeah. And I think also it's like. At the end of the day, Taylor personally hasn't done anything bad enough for, like, somebody like Haley to be like, I'm not going to open for you on tour. Yeah. Like, there wouldn't be that thing because also it's like, how close are they? We don't know. You know, we don't know how good of friends they actually are. We don't know if it's like, oh, it's a paycheck sort of situation. Who knows what's going on there? But also... It's like, I personally think, again, this is just me personally, like there have been people who have been part of my life who are no longer part of my life because of choices like Taylor's making to align herself with somebody like Maddie and saying things along the lines of things that Maddie has said. And so for me personally, I think that in the like, oh, they're a uh, they're like a public figure whatever i feel like I, I if anything the leash was not as tight on them like i was willing to forgive right. more things yeah because i'm just like these are just normal people who are on a stage who are going to fuck up because there's the pressures of being famous on them and so i think i am if anything more lenient of these famous people and I think that that's why I get so upset when they continue to fuck up again and again when their fans continue to be like, hey, you did this thing that wasn't so cool. Because like with a friend, when you're like, hey, you did this thing that wasn't so cool. Here's some books I think you should read and some articles because you have that access to your friend. 
if then your friend continues to fuck up in those same ways you're like hey i can't be friends with you anymore because i tried to teach you to not do this whereas like with celebrities that i like it's like i understand that us being like hey that wasn't so cool here's some links and some books and some other stuff you could be doing to fix that and then they fuck up again and you're like hey i don't know if you heard me last time because you're famous and i don't have direct (laughs) access to you so like here's some links and some books and some people you should follow if you want to learn about this and then they do it again and you're like hey a little bit louder now and i feel like there's more than three strikes and you're out a lot of times with these celebrities whereas like in friendship i think it's like hey you keep being racist even though i've explicitly told you you were being racist yeah no i and i was thinking more so on the friends of taylor side yeah of her not speaking out because her silence of not speaking out is a much lesser infraction than maddie actively being racist yes then versus taylor quietly not being an advocate are two different uh, things yes Uh, but now obviously we have the situation where the two are connected very publicly (laughs) so it changes the whole scenario hence why we're here (laughs) yeah it is just like a really interesting thing and it's been essentially like eating away at me for the past week just like watching the discourse online and being like wow i made the assumption that our listeners were going to know everything maddie healy's ever done in his career and like why we're talking about this the way that we are and that wasn't a fair assumption to make so thanks for coming to my ted talk guys (laughs) in conclusion i think we all learned a lot talking through everything and hopefully you guys learned some things with us yeah but also like i'm really really interested to see like how this all shakes up where this goes from here because again i feel like there are people coming together with the same thoughts that never would have came together with the same thoughts about like their disappointment in both of these people and the disappointment overlapping and then becoming bigger disappointment and i think it's just an inter it's going to be very interesting seeing how this goes going forward especially with all of these states in america continuing to make very very fucked up and like honestly human rights violating laws and so it's becoming more and more apparent that it is necessary for people with large platforms to speak out and so it's just going to be interesting to see like if and how taylor does respond to all of this and like where we go from here because we know maddie's probably not going to but it would make more sense for taylor to say something just based off of like what i know of her it's so complicated but like when something becomes like this much of like a spectacle and this much of like a fan crisis i think that the only right step is to acknowledge it like there have been so many things in the past with celebrities where the celebrity just ignores it and they move on but this is literally like a fan crisis and i don't think i've ever seen a fan crisis like this ever in my whole time of being a fan I, and a I don't have I'm gonna be honest I don't have high hopes for Taylor acknowledging it no I, I don't we'll either I, I don't either have high hopes about it but I'm just saying like I don't think I've seen a fan crisis this big yeah ever and so I think it, it's going to be very interesting to just see how or if this is handled and so if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about how you guys think that this should be handled but also on top of that not just personal feelings but like realistic thoughts on like how things like this can be handled in this like day and age of the internet and parasocial relationships and everything I'd be super curious to hear about that so you can come chat with us on social media about all those things we are at name three songs on all platforms 
And if you have any personal beef or love you would like to send our way, you can chat with us personally. I am at Sarah underscore Fagan on all platforms and Jenna is at Jenna underscore million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namethroughsongs.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.